Welcome to Healing with the Masters. We are so delighted that you've chosen to hang out with us for this series of speakers, inspirational wisdom, powerful affirmations, invocations, activations, prayer, and healing. Healing with the Masters represents transformation to ignite your light and to show you a framework of possibility for moving into a new way of being in your life, modeling that for others in your life, and changing the whole planet. Enjoy this powerful series. Now, if you're interested in joining us live, then just go to hwtmpodcast.com. That stands for Healing with the Masters, hwtmpodcast.com. Register there for the current season. And did I mention? It's free. Join us absolutely free. You just have to register. But for now, enjoy these shows because they created the most amount of transformation. They created the most amount of buzz, insights, and miracles of possibility. These are just as powerful as the day they were recorded. The vibration and energies are still present and available for you. And if you're listening to them, it's because you're ready right now. Know that you helped to create this content. Your desires and intentions have brought this very broadcast here before you. So listen, engage, and enjoy. And again, if you'd like to join us in our live season, remember to go to hwtmpodcast.com. You just have to register. Join us, experience the light, absolutely free. Now enjoy this show. Welcome everyone to Healing with the Masters. And I am thrilled and excited at today's call. Oh my gosh, you guys are in for a huge treat. This is someone who I have had the honor of playing with for many seasons of Healing with the Masters. Joe Dunning is a regular with us. And uh, before I introduce her, I'm going to do my little prayer with you. And this is a prayer of preparation that allows you to really be in the vibrational energy of the call. So welcome to 2014's Volume 13. This 2014 set of seasons is unique in that it's, it's our second year of the Aquarian Age, and this is a year of let's get her done. <laughs> this is a soul group opportunity to commit to our journeys, engage in our lives, and in the process and together, make a difference on this planet. We are so delighted that you have chosen to hang out with us this season, and I want to remind you that you are beckoning forth all the content on this and every show of this season of Healing with the Masters. Your intentions have brought forth this very moment, so everything is here for you, and that's what's so wonderful about our Healing with the Masters community. You create the content through your intentions. I also want to remind you that the healing part of our name means transformation. It means realignment. It means repattering. It doesn't mean getting rid of, and it certainly doesn't mean broken. It means that you are on a pathway to change it all, and we're so excited at what you're about to create. Now, you may think that the masters are the remarkable speakers that we bring on each week, but we know that you are actually the master you are seeking. All the answers are within you, and the master teachers you're hearing on the series are giving you the nudges and the hints as to who you truly are, that bright, sparkling being of light and love that is who you are. Now today, we're, we have a very special guest. Joe is one of our keynote speakers. We rarely have these, but Joe is coming to us with a, a powerful, powerful teacher, guidance, and a frequency. Um, she has this capacity to turn on some energy that you're going to feel in a moment, and really miraculously transform. Transform. She's called the Miracle Worker. Um, Joe Dunning is a world-renowned spiritual teacher. She's an author and presenter and the founder and director of Quantum Energetic Disciplines and the developer of the Pulse Technique, a world-recognized method for rapid clearing of life, life issues and personality limitations. She is the creator of the Free Worldwide Abundance Breakthrough Project, and regularly offers activations for awakening, and her activations are amazing. In fact, um, you may have heard this notion of activations and initiations. Joe was the first 
she was one of the first on the planet to really have this breakthrough connection that that's what's needed in many of our systems. And she continues as the leader in that capacity to this day. Um, she's also known for wonderful transformational retreats, of, with, of which I've been to many. Um, and if you're ready for transformation, hang out with Joe Dunning in one of her retreats. It's a rare and beautiful opportunity. So thank you, Joe, for joining us on Volume 13 of Healing with the Masters. It's great to have you back. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me here. It's always a joy and delight to get to be with you and all of your great listeners. So thank you. Uh, thank you. And, you know, uh, there's something different going on on the planet. Now, every time you come on, I say that sentence. <laughs> there's something different going on on the planet, but there's something different that's happening in consciousness. And there's something that somehow seems to be um, touching us in more and more moments of our everyday life. And I was curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, I agree, Jennifer. There is uh, something big afoot that is transforming each one of us, our planet, our plants, our animals, and us, our consciousness, which means our mind, our bodies, our beliefs, our relationships, our jobs, our, our work, our passions, our desires, something is happening. And it has increased dramatically in the last uh, year to perhaps year and a half maybe. That energy has been building and building and we're noticing it in all aspects of our lives. And I'm sure that the people listening right now, if you look back over your life for the last uh, year and a half or so, you'll notice this change taking place in what you value, where you want to spend your energy, how you um, connect with people, and probably what you're noticing is a desire for something much deeper, much more uh, nourishing, and much richer that will fulfill those parts of us that are longing to awaken. They have been in us all along waiting like the like the seeds of divinity within each one of us the, we are now bringing the the water to that part of us and it is awakening and it is longing to set roots send out leaves reach out into the world and blossom and this is part of what we're realizing and it is life-changing so people are moving to new areas they're changing their jobs, the relationships that weren't working are starting to work, or a new relationship comes in, we are in an enormous, enormous, magnificent time of awakening, transformation, change, and challenge. <laughs> that was the last. See, you once again have read my notes. Um, so Joe has this wonderful capacity to um, uh, allow me to ask the question based on how she finishes her answer in part. So <laughs> challenge, here we go. Okay, so I, I get that and I hear so much how people are really opening to being more consciously aware of the changes that are happening, opening to a transformation that something really is happening. And as part of that, what seems to be showing up is the appearance of challenge within that. So how do we move from knowing that we want to change what we value, knowing that we want to connect deeper, knowing that there's this, as you said, this desire for a deepening, knowing that there's longing for awakening and letting go long enough to allow it to happen and, and somehow moving through the challenges that that represents? Because there's upheaval with that. How do we manage the upheaval? Well, boy, that, that, is the, that is the question, isn't it? Because we have um, attachments. <laughs> we have yeah. a, a part of us that wants to stay safe and secure, and we do that by doing what we know, meaning doing what we've done. And if we do what we always have done, we will be who we always have been. And we need to begin to move into new ways of, uh, I'll call it risk-taking. It, it's like feeling safe enough to dare to do something a little bit differently this time, to respond with a gentler voice to something that is happening in our lives, to pause, to take in something in a new way, to look at ourselves, to be introspective, to notice. You know, we are in this place in consciousness where we are both... Um, 
the observer of of who we are and what is being observed. We are both. We are that that watches and we are that which is being watched. And so we can, therefore, uh, direct our consciousness. Now, I don't know if this is true of all uh, living beings on the planet, meaning I, I know it's true of all humans. I don't know if it's true of animals and plants and rocks. I consider them all living beings. But I know that for humans, because we are that, so we get to watch, I know that we can watch what we're doing, we can evaluate it, and we can do it, which means we can change what we're doing. It means we can change our consciousness, which means we can change our life because our consciousness is merely a way of of, uh, phrasing the accumulation of everything that creates our life, our beliefs, our beliefs, our thoughts, our actions, uh, our worldview, our home, our job, our everything is taken together and is called our level of consciousness or our personal vibration. So we have the, the magnificent opportunity, the divine privilege, and the responsibility to be in charge of our life and of all that uh, we uh, do in our life. So we, c- we can change that, Jennifer. We can make new choices. We can make new decisions. And we can move through this time of challenge. So every challenge that comes to us, in, in my view, is intended to be presented to us as a magnificently wrapped, beautiful gift. And all we do is unwrap it and look at the joy that's inside of it. And from that, we have our life blessed. And this is true of every experience in life from my point of view. And it's what we do in our mind and in our emotions that disqualifies some of the things as being a gift, as being a blessing, as being a, a wonderful opportunity for something new. It's what we do in our mind that creates some things we like and some things we don't like. And so what we can do is take on the... Um, the, the opportunity to begin to look at each event in our life in a new way. So we just got cut off in traffic or our beloved just walked out of our lives or something very dear to us has just passed away or, or, or anything uh, that happens. We have our initial immediate response, which is probably based on our old beliefs, our old thoughts, our old program that we have created for ourselves of how we respond to things. We'll have that initially. That's that's just what happens. And as soon as we can intercept that, to allow that to pass through us without holding on to it and dancing with it and creating this wrestling match, as soon as we can let go of that view of it and begin to look at it in a new way, we can then move through these challenges in life. And we will then begin to see each challenge as a new opportunity. And I don't mean that in the trite way that we kind of throw the words around in New Age languaging. What I really mean is that here this has happened in our lives. It's already done. It's a done deal. It's finished. It's there. It's happened. What we do with it is our choice. And we can use it to propel us in any direction we choose to use it. It can propel us into anger and upset and depression and uh, giving up and hopelessness. It can propel us into wisdom and uh, motivation and focus and new direction. It can be whatever we choose to have it be. And probably choice is one of the greatest gifts that we have in life. It could also be called free will. It is our opportunity, our right, our privilege, and our responsibility to choose what it is we do, what it is we say, what it is we think, and how it is we respond to anything in life. And I know initially, when we're just starting out with trying to look at how do we change our lives for the better, we think, well, I don't have any control over that. It, it just happened. I'm just angry. I just It pushed my button. Yes, that is how it is initially. And each time that button is pushed, and we hit that point of anger or upset or depression or or hopelessness or whatever it is, we have the opportunity to intercept that 
and say, okay, so this has happened. How do we do something differently now? What can I find? What tiny, tiny morsel can I find that might be a part of this that will give me some new sense of freedom, some new sense of opportunity, some new sense of anything I could appreciate about it? And so when these these events happen, we get fired uh, from a job, well, yeah, great. You know, that's really a challenge. We've lost our income. We've lost our identity sometimes. We, we don't have the sense of well-being. We've just been personally uh, perhaps insulted and, and disregarded or disrespected. And that's all happened. And now what will we do with it? And we look at it and go, okay, so it is time for a new step, a new direction. There's another job waiting for me that's a better job. There's a new location for me to move. There's a, a new relationship or whatever it is. We can choose how we hold things and how we respond to them. And that makes the difference in how we move through life and how we move through challenges and how we begin to allow the new uh, energy that is coming into our world to be um, the current, the flow, like a river, the flow that will carry us easily to our next destination. And the more we hold on to the old, the anger, the upset, the disrespect, whatever, the more we are trying to swim up that current of flow against it, holding on to that old. And if we let it go, we can drift easily with the flow to the next place that is our landing spot and our next point of joy, happiness, and even greater joy, happiness, wisdom, peace, harmony, appreciation, value, love, etc. Oh, that was really beautiful, uh, Joe. Did you have you turned on the energy yet, or uh, should we pause and do that? Because it really feels freaking powerful. <laughs> well, yes, it, it generally starts when we start. Okay. And would you like? Shall we amp it up a bit? Let's Can amp it, babe. That? Yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, so let's, do it. let's just pause for a moment. Okay. Thank you. All right, fine. So we have just amped it up a bit, which will be fun. You know, uh, let's talk just a moment about what is the energy and so what it does. Please, and, please. and Yeah, so this it, energy is something that surrounds all of us all the time. It is that which fills us and fills everything on in our world, and it is that which created and sustains life. And so you could call that energy whatever you choose to call it. Uh, I just call it source energy. So it is a way of, of uh, gathering the source energy, that which enlivens and sustains life, and focusing it and sending it directly to each listener in an amplified way because we can amplify it. We can gather it, amplify it, focus it, give it attention and intention and direct it into certain paths of service on behalf of who we are. And that's how it's intended to be. This is the way uh, the way we are created. This is part of what we are awakening into to realize the ways in which we can connect into this power, this great divinity that surrounds all of us and direct it. So by uh, connecting with the energy that we just talked about and then amping it up or increasing it, all that's happened was a greater uh, gathering of the energy. You could call it a vortex or a funnel or a mm, current of energy, much like electricity, uh, the current has been increased now to each individual. And each individual listening, your being already knows exactly what to do with this. Your mind, if you'd like to, you can say, oh, gee, I'd like some help with my job or my relationship or the, the, my body to function better or whatever it is or resolving certain issues. And at the same time, your entire being, your mind, your emotions, your physical body, your energetic body, all the way up into the great divine aspect of self, divinity, knows exactly what the priorities are and where to put this extra boost of energy. And we all are intended to have a million percent connection to this energy consciously, continually, all the time. And we do. And it is our mind and our thoughts that are channeling that energy into outcomes that are sometimes other than what we in our deepest parts of our being would desire. And when we have those beliefs and thoughts 
actions, and emotions that begin to funnel this energy. We're worried about having an automobile accident, or is somebody going to make it home safely, or, or will I get the bills paid, and will my child feel better tomorrow and be able to go to school, or whatever it is. We are channeling that energy into specific ways that are um, create more challenge in our life rather than into a, a broader expanse that allows us the freedom. Wow, the freedom word is so important. The freedom to become all that we are and move greater into connection with divinity. So we all already have that huge connection. And it's what we're doing with it that makes it feel like we are alone and unsupported and forgotten sometimes. And so when we are refocusing this energy right now, it is aimed and directed towards your your highest purpose, your greatest expression, your finest essence of your being to help that awaken and bring you into the consciousness that you can then uh, do this for yourself to create the life that you'd like to have. So that's the energy we're working with from source to each individual to be used um, in a way of awakening and bringing uh, all these fancy words, awakening and enlightenment and highest self. You know, it, we just need ordinary language to talk about this because <laughs> we are ordinary people in an ordinary world all the same, all identical in this aspect of us. And all it does is help us to realize more how to be who we are truly inside, to allow that to express freely into the world and to receive back the glorious reception and appreciation from everything around us, our pets, our animals, our our, our partners, our spouses, our children, our workmates, everything responds when we are present with it in this place of awakening right uh, the uh, so much incredibly beautiful stuff and the energy just feels so incredibly supportive um and, and it's interesting uh, a couple things i want to just touch on that you said earlier and then to the next question um uh you said this happened like this thing this event this life occurrence this challenge happened and what we do with it is our choice and that this choice becomes an opportunity it's a I love you this this is it's a divine privilege and that we are in charge and are in choice and um, that that we have um, an opportunity to intercept the moment to move into choice and um, and and you even address that you know my question was it doesn't sometimes feel like choice and you you totally address that piece but what's interesting is, you know, bringing up the notion of jargon within spirituality and all that, it feels like we're at this point of confluence. Like there's a, there's a point of transition that we're in that, that part of the need for the spiritual jargon is it, there's actually a need for it because it's hard to describe what we're experiencing. And yet there will come a day in the not too distant future when we no longer have to address it as awakening because we'll be awake. So, Joe, if you were to describe uh, what it would be like in the not-too-distant future to be this awakened human, and I, and I, and I want to bring in the notion of safety, too, because right now it feels like a lot of us battle with this notion that we're not safe. So how might we be feel safe and awakened in this kind of future self that is, is, is happening right now? The, the question of safety is an enormous one, mm -hmm. um, and it has to do with trust. Uh, and safety and trust are counterparts of, of a similar coin. Um, they, they interplay. So this feeling of safety is based on our beliefs that we are not safe, that we can be harmed, that we like or don't like what's taking place, and that's based on our consciousness, which is our, our beliefs about ourselves and life and how it works either for or against us. And most of us have a belief or a, an idea that life is either on our side or against us. And, and we have to either uh, fight against it and make it go our way, or we know that it is already unfolding in a way that will be the very best for us. And we, we have one of those two or a variation of, of those two approaches to life. And so 
this idea of feeling safe. Oh, do I dare even say this? <laughs> I don't know. Once we can let go of trying to control the outcomes to produce a feeling of safety, <laughs> then we can allow the outcome to become all that it could be and take us on our next step on the journey. And I call that trusting the process as it unfolds. So even though there may be a step on our journey that is challenging and it hurts and our heart aches and we're sad and we wonder if we'll ever be okay again or are we going to be homeless or we are homeless and we wonder if this is the end of our life. When we can move from those kinds of um, approaches to life and instead into this is the moment now, I trust this moment now as an opening into the next moment and I know that everything is temporary. So so say, for example, sometimes I have some pain in my body and it hurts. And I go, yeah, that hurts. And I say it to my knee and I say, you know, knee, I love you. I'm sorry you're hurting right now. You know, it's temporary. It will be different at another time. Mm-hmm. And somehow that, that lets it all relax. It's temporary. It's going to be different. Allow this greater presence that gives us life and sustains life and moves us on our journey, allow that to move us into the next point, into the next place. It's, it's all so temporary. And if what's taking place right now, we probably won't even remember it in another week, then it's really unimportant. And if what's taking place right now, we won't remember it in a year, it is still unimportant. And if we won't remember it with, in the same way at the end of our life, it is still unimportant. And the only, the only important thing is the moment we have right now and the choice that we make in this moment right now. And because that is the platform from which we take our next step. That is the only ground of our being we have right now is this moment. And we are so seldom in this moment. We are usually in whatever just happened or whatever's about to happen, or what's going to be next, or figuring out the past, or trying to analyze the future and keep our path going the way we want it to go, that we miss the platform that is creating our next experience in life. And so the more we can begin to come into this present moment, the the safer we feel, the more trust we have. We are fine in every single moment of life, as long as we stay in the moment. You know, uh, you know a little bit about my story, and I had some moments that were very life-threatening. And even in the moment of a bullet going through me, I was present in that moment, and that was all that there was. There was no thought about the past, no thought about the future, no thought about dying or safety. It was just the moment, and my thought was, that didn't hurt very much. (laughs) That was all that was there. If we can stay present in the moment, Mm. every moment is fine, including the moment of death. We have gone through birth, probably the most difficult thing of our life to go through. We've gone through it, and we survived. (laughs) And we will go through many, many, many births throughout our lifetime because we know how to do that. And we will go through many, many, many deaths in our lifetime, meaning the ending of something or the changing of it or the transformation into the next level. We know how to do that. And so we are becoming these awakened beings and we are developing the feeling of safety by creating the understanding of trust and coming into the moment right now, which is the platform for the next moment. Whatever's going on this moment, influences what we will experience the next moment. Mm. And so that's how we can begin to go through these challenges and still feel safe and still allow our consciousness, that is who we are, to become more present and more, we talk about expanding consciousness, so meaning more all-encompassing, more wise in the world, more truly uh, aware 
of all of the opportunities present in this one moment. If we are present in the moment, we are aware of magnificent opportunities in this moment right now that would never occur to us. Hmm. I was driving a big truck one time in San Francisco on a freeway. The back of the truck was full of farm animals that I took around to schools to do some language work when I was a teacher. I was driving down the freeway. It was 7.30 in the morning. I'm going 65 miles an hour in Oakland, California. I look ahead of me around a corner on an overpass, and immediately in front of me is a Coca-Cola delivery truck stopped in my lane. The driver is out, and he's walking around to the back of the truck. There is no way I can swerve around him. There's cars all around me. If I go to the right, I go over the uh, overpass wall. My only choice is to stop. And because I was present in that moment, there was no way to stop in that, that space that I had. My body knew how to put in the clutch, hit the brake, release the brake, throw a lever, and lock all the wheels simultaneously in a half a second, doing any everything counterintuitive, which means put on the brake and release the brake, to put it into a lock on all the wheels, and the whole vehicle that I was driving jerked to a stop no more than five or six feet away from the back of the truck. Now, that's being present in the moment. And this isn't unusual, Jennifer. This, this is not unusual. Everyone, everyone has stories like this when something happened in life and the response to it was something they never could have planned, never could have trained for, never could have thought about, and it was instant, it was perfect, and it had the result of taking care of them, and they walked through safe. So when we can stay present in the moment, we can move through most of the experiences of life safely. And I say most because there are moments when it's challenging to stay present in the moment. If we could stay fully present in the moment, we could walk through every single experience in life. Talk about a challenge. Yeah, and and it's kind of what we're here for. I mean, it's it it. My experience these days is that's it. That's all there is now is to just bring a level of presence. And and it gets back to what you said. What you're talking about is is what you said a little earlier, which is intercepting the moment. So so instead of moving into that default behavior, we can actually notice the default behavior because we're in the moment. You know, I call it default behavior. It's that you know habituated reaction. I, I have a story. I think I told this. I may have told this already here, but uh, on the series. But uh, recently, I'm known for giving you know people the finger when I drive. <laughs> Being very reactive <laughs> when I drive. You know, I, I warn people if you're going to come into the Laguna Beach area, watch for a white BMW and a blonde giving them a finger. It's me. Um, so that that's kind of my habituated response, and I played with it for a really long time and the circumstances of my life has have really allowed me to go so much deeper and I recently was at a gas station and someone it was a very busy gas station there aren't many in this neighborhood and there was a spot there there were spot for two people and I'm like oh my gosh and it's on the side where my tank is and everything so I I, I go towards the spot and this person woman comes screeching around the corner furious that I'm gonna take her spot now there's space for two and she does this screeching noise going back and forth to, to get into the spot. And I just motioned her, it's okay, come on in. And I backed up a little bit so she could get in. But she was still furious because she had to back in and out. And she was furious and slammed the door and slammed the gas tank and slammed everything. And my habituated response would be to get angry with her. I'm doing, I'm being polite, you know. But instead, I intercepted the moment like you suggested. And I just felt the piece of me that deserved to be loved in that moment that it brought up first of all and secondly I looked at her and said she's probably having a really rough day and so I changed it for myself in that moment I felt peace and calm and loving and I walked out and I apologized to her and I said I'm so sorry I didn't intend to make you upset and I thought there was room for both of us and I'm and I'm sorry that this upset you and uh, then I didn't know what to do so I looked at my phone <laughs> <laughs> and and um, so I'm looking at my phone, not really doing anything, just pretending to look at my phone the whole time. And, and she uh, gets in her car and drives away. And as she's driving by me, she beeps the horn. She rolls down the window. And she said, thank you for your kindness. 
And yeah. and for me, Joe, that was a huge breakthrough because in those situations, I've never been accused of being kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice, Jennifer. Very nice, and and a big breakthrough for her too. Mm. Ah, you know, wow. both of you, you you gave her an enormous gift. You know, it gave her an opportunity to be different in life. So very nice. So that feels kind of like an illustration of, uh, thank you for the pat on the back. It feels really good (laughs) coming from Joe Dunning. That wasn't the intention, but it was also to illustrate this notion of intercepting the moment. Is that kind of what I did there? Is that kind of the idea of what you're talking about? That's an excellent example of the idea, yes. Your, Your normal reaction to life, you stopped it. And you chose to do something different. It's our gift of free will. You made a different choice. Sometimes the the best choice we can make in the moment is just to not do anything. Sometimes that's the, that's that's mm. as far as we can get in our best choice, mm-hmm. and and that's okay. It's at least a different response. And let me add another piece: if you do your habitual response and you do get upset or whatever it is that would be your habitual response, forgive yourself about it. Get off your back. Allow space for that to be who you are in that moment, because if you do, you'll allow space for you to be different in the next moment. If you resist who you were, uh, if you condemn yourself for doing it, or you carry the story of how wrong the other person was, and you keep reading it over in your mind, I really should have said this as well, then you are perpetuating the old behavior. So just let it go. It's done. That's who it was. That's who you were. Maybe next time you'll be able to do something a tiny bit different. And it's okay. It's okay to take tiny steps. Baby steps are all right. At least they're a movement in a new direction. And life is astounding. As soon as life, meaning the the energy of life, realizes that we are changing our direction a little bit, like in a boat or in a car, there is momentum that comes behind us then to help us make that correction, make that new direction and propel us in this new direction and help us make an additional uh, correction or new direction. So every tiny step is actually an enormous step. And, And if you've ever done any construction or building a house or anything, if you are two degrees off down at the foundation and it's leaning two degrees the wrong direction, by the time you're on the first story of the house, you will notice it a little bit. By the time you're on the second story, you notice it more. By the time you're on the third or the fourth or the fifth story, that two degrees is suddenly a big problem. So what we can do in the reverse of that is that when we correct something two degrees, it's way out of whack, we correct it two degrees, we are creating a whole new angle in our life. And as that continues and projects into the the forwardness of our life, we are correcting it. It will, it will self-correct. It will bring us back on path. So it's, it's a remarkable uh, part of our being to watch who we are, observe it, and make new choices, even tiny new choices. So people who are wanting to adjust their body weight, they think, well, it won't matter that I don't eat this, uh, this uh, second handful of popcorn or the second bag of popcorn in some cases, or, or, or the second helping, or the, the extra dessert, or the third bite of a dessert, whatever your, your limits are, it doesn't really matter. Well, it does. Because by stopping a behavior you don't want and modifying it slightly, you are making a huge change in the days to come, a huge change. So it's, it's worth it. And, and our mind seldom takes in that, you. It seldom takes that in. And this notion of trusting the process. I mean, it becomes easier to trust the process um, uh, when we trust the process. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So when we start to witness, I mean, you said that, um, like, that that, that was a dramatic moment for me. Um, And yet, you're right, it took years of baby steps for me to get to the place where I could actually intercept it and make a difference that was uh, that was markedly different for me. So these baby steps lead led to that moment and that lo- moment has led to bigger moments. So so the angle of perception and the baby steps create a larger and larger and larger angle of of change in our life as as it layers on top. Is 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 that true? Yes. Mm. Yes. 
it's cumulative. Mm. It's cumulative. So it, that's good news. That's good news. Life life is cumulative. That's also bad news. You know? <laughs> oh, right. That's right. Right. It works both ways. Right. And, and again, we're right back to choice, which mm-hmm. is another word for free will. We're right back to the opportunity to make choice about which uh, cumulative direction we'd like to take. And somehow we have this idea that this little moment right now doesn't make any difference. It's really not very much and it's not important and there's nothing big happening. So it, it has very little value in terms of our whole life. And yet it is the only thing that has value in our whole life is this little tiny moment right now. And it is very difficult for our mind to capture that and want to capture it even because it's a secret. When we are in the moment, the mind no longer has control of our being. The mind only functions in the past and in the future. And it has no function in the present moment because in the moment we are being. And our being does not need any other input than to be what it is and, and, and express that being, that divinity within us. That's it. And so the mind will uh, not be our, our biggest ally or cooperation uh, friend in trying to stay in the moment. In fact, the mind needs to become quiet or stopped or um, still for that moment in order to be fully present. So as soon as we are back in our mind thinking about something, we are no longer in the moment, and that's almost all of the time. Joe, I know that you have some tricks to still the mind. Can you maybe uh, give us a few tips and tricks on how we can still our beautiful mind so that we can be more present in the moment? Thank you. Sure. So to be present in the moment, all you have to do is stop the mind. (laughs) That's all you need to do. (laughs) So how do we stop this busy, busy, busy part of us, Mm -hmm. which is used to being our master? The mind, uh, for most people, the mind is our master and we are its slave rather than, or obedient servant, let's use, instead. Or the way it's intended to be is that we are to be in charge and the mind is to be our obedient servant. There are some things we need the mind for. Well, at least right now. Uh, So there are some things we use the mind for. So if we want to be quiet in the mind, we have to become very focused in the moment. We must give the mind a task that is mindless. How's that for a challenge? Which means to just focus, to put attention or attention in a way that will uh, keep the mind present right now. And so there, there are ways to do this. So you could watch your thoughts. You could become the observer of that which is observed. So you could watch your thoughts. You could decide instead to focus on gratitude. So if you're going to use your mind and it's going to stay active, Focus on gratitude. What am I grateful for in this exact moment? Well, I'm grateful for the chair that I sit in. I'm grateful for the carpet under my feet. I'm grateful for the air conditioning that keeps the room comfortable. I'm grateful for a phone line that allows me to have a conversation with a dear friend. I am grateful. And so you can refocus the mind in those ways, and that will help quiet it. Um, In the... In, in the way that the mind works, we tend to give it free reign. Free reign is a great word because it reigns have to do with horses and riding and controlling and directing. And we tend to turn loose of the reins and let this wild stallion of a mind <laughs> take off through the plains and run through the mountains and all of that, uh, which perhaps in a wild horse is a wonderful thing. But in a mind, the mind is meant to be here to serve us and the ways that it's meant to serve us is that we allow the mind to focus on create on on those things that we would like to experience more of in our life because there is this um have this wonderful bait debate going on right now in um, physics and uh consciousness uh which has to do with the chicken or the egg what came first you know the chicken (laughs) or the egg well what came first consciousness or matter was there matter and out of matter 
consciousness evolved, so, so um, protozoa and then finally people with consciousness evolved, or was there consciousness that created matter and matter grew and changed? And of course, the debate is leaning strongly on the side of consciousness came first and then matter. So what we do with our thoughts matters. What we do with our thoughts create matter. So we want to then, if our mind is going to be awake and functioning and active, we want to be sure that we manage or direct the kinds of thoughts that we choose to entertain in our mind. Now, we may have lots of thoughts go through for a whole variety of reasons, some of which have nothing to do with us, but we may have lots of thoughts go through, but we don't engage in them. That means we don't follow with another thought of a similar a kind of idea or we don't have emotion going with it. It just passes through. So when we choose to engage in a particular thought, then we can be sure that we are doing it to engage in thoughts that will bring us what we would like to experience. That's why I talk about when something happens, begin to look for that which brings you some benefit to your life. Because when you do that, you are directing your thoughts into finding some benefit and that experience is no longer the terrible thing that happened to you that you remember for the rest of your life. It becomes an event that happened to you that changed your life for the better. And so as we begin to look for the little pieces in an experience that helped us, that are good, that maybe helped us out, that has has an opening that we could enjoy, we are then using consciousness to create matter, meaning to create the next experience that will be even better, even more full, for who we are and how we are developing. So when we want to quiet the mind, we can watch our thoughts, we can focus on gratitude, we can trust the process, or, and we can give the mind thoughts to focus on to begin to create what will matter for us in our life. We become that creative force in our life. Uh, wow. <laughs> Um, I, I'm once again speechless because there's nothing to add to that. It, it, it's so brilliant and resonated so deeply. And I know that the vibrational energy that is happening in the background that you have turned on and then and also amped is allowing this these concepts to go at a level that is deep below my consciousness. I can feel it penetrating. I can feel my mind stilling as you're speaking of it. Um, and it's not easy to be an interviewer when my mind isn't still <laughs> to this degree, <laughs> Joe. Dang it. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking since I got nothing, could you do a process with us? <laughs> I'd be delighted to do a process. Thank so let you. me just explain a little bit about what is a process. So a process will be using this wonderful source energy, drawing it in, focusing it towards each person who is listening with a particular focus. And the focus that I'd like to give to this process is one that I think will be very helpful uh, based on the, the discussion that we've just been having now. And that would be to assist each individual to become more aware of, of your consciousness. That means of your thoughts and your beliefs and your actions and your, your reactions. To become more aware of that and and to become aware of ways to begin to improve or change that, to begin to bring it into a more balanced way of being in life, a more um, beneficial way to be in life that will bless your life in, in new ways and assist you in your growth and your wonderful happiness in life. You know, we all need to feel happy and successful and connected with source and have good ways of being in life and healthy habits. We, we need that sort of experience in life and we need to have that kind of an overview. That's, that's so important. So this process is focused on becoming more aware of what's going on right now in your mind, in your beliefs, in your reactions. I call that consciousness. And also be more aware of ways you can begin to intercept and find a new way to be a new response, a new reaction, a new thought or belief that you could begin to um, cultivate. All right. So, and when we do a process, uh, we sit quietly for 
not very long. This one will probably be about a minute. And then the energy will continue afterwards uh, to assist each individual. It'll continue to build and help to shift things uh, for each individual so that you can be more aware of what you're doing. And that's, that's the first, that's the first uh, big step is to become aware of what you're doing. And then other ways that you could uh, respond instead. You know, awareness is, uh, in, my, in my understanding of life, awareness is the last step before change can take place. There are lots of steps that go on before then, but when we become aware of something about ourselves or life, that's when we're finally in a position to, to do something to make it different. And so this will be helping to bring you to that point of awareness and then helping you to easily discover the ways to make it different. All right, so let's just go ahead and do this process. And uh, generally, people just sit quietly for the time. You can have your mind uh, be quiet if that's something easy for you. You can think of things in your life that you um, would like to become more conscious about, or you can just let your mind wander. It's okay. A good, good thing is that the energy already knows you perfectly because it created and sustained you and it will come to you joyfully to assist you with this specific focus. All right, let's begin. So we'll just sit quietly now for about a minute, and um, we'll start right now. Okay, great. So then you can just bring your attention back. If you had your eyes closed, you can open them and uh, just become aware of where you are. You might notice that you may be just a little bit sleepy feeling or a little bit spacey, uh, maybe a little bit more relaxed. That's a, a good indication of the energy that you just connected with and the ways in which it is now flowing through you to assist you in your life. And perhaps you just feel exactly the same as you did before we started, and that's just fine too. That means that the energy is there with you, and for you, that is the best way for you to absorb the energy and allow it to assist you in your life. That's, that's what we begin to learn about life, is to trust that what's there is what will move us into something much better. And we have this... Uh, choice that is ever-present with us that we can use then to become more aware of what's taking place and of a different way to be which will transform our whole life because as we talked about each choice becomes cumulative because it directs us in a new path uh that was uh excuse me <coughs> i apologize that was um really uh, amazing. I, I feel like I have space between my cells right now. Great. Uh, Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really, really cool feeling. And, and you know, you asked me, uh, you asked us to, you know, maybe hold a thought. And then I love that you said afterwards that um, <clears throat> uh, you, this energy knows you. <laughs> so, so that it will support us in, in what our desires are right now. And and I, before you said that, in between, I wrote down loving myself. And I'm not sure, you know, it's something I've been playing with a lot lately. So I thought I'd, it felt like that was amplified immensely through what just happened here. I mean, so much so that I've got, you know, tears in my, you know, it's choking me up literally. Um, so what, Jennifer, what part? Jennifer, my dear. Yes. You are impeccably, permanently, and forever tremendously lovable. 
you, exactly as you are right now, are tremendously lovable. You always have been, you are in this moment, and you always will be. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's how each one of us is meant to be greeted by life in every moment as a most cherished, most lovable, most precious being ever created. And that's you, Jennifer. Um, and if, as you say that, I also feel that, that, that that's true for every single person on the and planet. And that is true for every single person. Every single person. So those who are listening, know that that is true for you, too. You are forever, impeccably, permanently, indelibly lovable in every aspect of your being, exactly as you are right now, exactly as you are. You are tremendously lovable and loved. Oh, you get me every time. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Yeah, you know, life is so simple, Jennifer, and it's such a challenge. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's so simple, and it is such a challenge to just be who we are. We got such messages in childhood that who we were was not good enough. It wasn't right. It, we needed to learn to go to the bathroom in a certain place <laughs> and we needed to learn to stand upright and walk and we needed to learn to to uh, play nicely with others and you know, all of the things that just may not have been in that moment perfect for us and we were corrected and molded and shaped with the finest of intentions, the, the greatest love and yet somehow it missed the target of appreciating us exactly as we were. And so we grow up feeling somehow that we're not enough or we have a flaw or we need to be better or if only we could improve in this area and all we have to do is be who we are exactly as we are and life just unfolds in front of us. So how do we do this for ourselves, Joe? How do we move into that place of not having to be on a call like this, having Joe Dunning tell us we're loving. <laughs> How do we do that for ourselves? Oh, golly. It, it, becomes quite, it becomes a life's work, all right? It doesn't happen in a moment. It becomes a life's work. It becomes a path. It becomes a journey. Um, and, and we do it by uh, the way I started was uh, one day I listened to the way I was talking to myself many years ago and I was scolding me like I would scold a bad child for being late. I was late to getting to work. I was a teacher. I was late getting to work. I was going to have to rush. Uh, you know, I should have been there sooner. There, all these things were coming up. People are going to wonder all this. You know, why am I late? Don't I, all this stuff. And for some reason in that moment, I heard myself talking to myself and I became indignant with myself and I thought I would never allow anyone else to speak to me that way. I would not allow that in my life. Why am I allowing myself to talk to me that way? And I promised in that moment that I would change that and I did. And from that moment on, and it only took a few days of diligence I decided I would talk to myself like a beloved child, the most cherished, the most precious, the most perfect little being in the world that I loved with all my heart. And from that moment on, that's how I addressed myself. And so the next morning, when I was late again, as I always was, <laughs> my words became, sweetheart, we've got to be out of the house in 10 minutes you think we can do it? Let's see how fast we can get ready. Ready, set, go. Let's do it. 
And it became a play and a joy. And, oh, you're doing so good. Look at you got all your clothes on. That was really sad. You know, was I any more on time? I don't think so, probably. Did I arrive there in a different place? Absolutely. And that moment many years ago changed how I talk to myself, how lovable I feel, how much I can embrace who I fully am. And when that happens, Jennifer, when that happens, we can then discover our connection to divinity. We can then discover the energy that's all around us. We can then learn how to use this energy, how to direct it, how to create the life we want, how to become all that we long to be. When we begin to have that feeling inside of us, we are then aligned with that divine aspect of ourselves. We're aligned with it. And we blossom. We absolutely blossom. And that's what I would love everyone to be able to do. And it's simple. It is absolutely simple. It takes diligence. It takes awareness. It takes willingness. But all we're doing is talking to ourselves in a new way. That's all we're doing. Well, how easy could that be? It doesn't take any other person. It's just us and our mind and our thoughts. And we redirect it. And so that, that was the way that I began to change how lovable I felt. And the secret is, once we begin to feel lovable, we begin to see everyone else as lovable. And we begin to overlook the things we used to criticize. We begin to notice their fine qualities. We begin to be able to reach out to them in genuine caring, genuine compassion, genuine heartfelt desire to serve. Because as we fill with love, we see the beauty in everything around us. And we reach out in appreciation of that beauty. Whether those people that we're reaching to can see it or not, we see it. And when we see it, it awakens in them. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So easy. Life is so simple. Happiness is so easy, and somehow we need to take the blinders off. We need to be able to just breathe and appreciate and look at life in a new way. And suddenly it's like fresh air filling our lungs, filling our cells. Our body begins to thrive. Our energy picks up. Our mind becomes clearer. Our relationships blossom, and it's so simple and and so earlier I referenced all these fancy words we use about consciousness and ways of describing them and my goodness all we need is just to be present in the moment to find a way to love ourselves in the moment and let that flow out into the world it's so basic it's so simple yeah and um and it's so freeing I mean just feeling the emotions of of (laughs) of what you shared and the energy behind it and how it's moving us um, is enough. It's enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's it is enough. enough. Yeah. And uh, each one of us is enough. You are enough. Everyone listening is enough. We are all enough. And more. We are more than enough. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Oh, Joe, thank you so much uh, for being part of this Healing with the Masters community. Um, Thank you for being you. Um, thank you for that angle of, of perception that you changed that altered the g- degree of uh, of your teaching <laughs> way back then when you noticed yourself. Yes. Uh, and, and thank you for continually listening to those moments um, so that you can bring them to us and assist us in changing our angles of our life and beliefs. Um, I, I just adore you and love you so much, and I'm honored to know you and honored that you have chosen to play with us in this community for all these years. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Jennifer. You're doing a great work at serving so many. So thank you for you in the world as well. And if you're interested in playing more with Joe, uh, joedunning.com, J-O-D-U-N-N-I-N-G.com. And uh, lots and lots to play with with this beautiful lady. <laughs> thank you, Joe. Uh, and thank you, uh, Joe's helper, Deb, uh, for always being a wonderful partner. And uh, uh, we appreciate you very much. And 
and in turn we also appreciate everyone in this community. Uh, I'm so privileged and honored to play with the Healing with the Masters community and so happy for the co-creation that brought forward the amazing content and vibrational frequencies on this on this call and on every call. So thanks, thanks Healing with the Masters community. I love you so much and uh, uh, thank you for playing with me and contributing to my life as we contribute to each other's. Um, and so until next time, here's to the moment. Thank you, Joe Dunning. And remember, if you'd like to join us for any of our live shows, just register absolutely free at hwtmpodcast.com. That's hwtm, as in Healing with the Masters, podcast.com. Come and join us. Just register for the current live season.